Hey folks, Ty Cohen here from KindleCashflow.com. As you guys know, I teach people how to create recurring passive income by publishing digital content in the form of eBooks using Amazon.com. And today we've got a super special guest with us, Chanel Grant, that's using the same model, but he actually could, he, he kind of put a, a cool little spin on it, but I think you're gonna love, especially if you're someone who has a client-based business, um, and you're looking to get more clients, wait until you hear what he's got here. Now, before we jump into this, make sure you visit kindlecashflow.com to get a free copy of my new book, Kindle Publishing Secret. So again, you can get this copy over at kindlecashflow.com. And then last but not least, as you guys know, we like to give away stuff to encourage engagement and activity. So this week we're giving away a couple of uh, MacBook Airs. We've got a rose gold one here. We've got a silver one here. Maybe that's not even a proper name for it, silver. I know they're calling it something else nowadays. But then we've got some Apple watches here as well. I don't know if you can see that. Sometimes I gotta hold it up pretty close. And then we have some Apple AirPods. We actually just sent some of these out last night to one of our winners. And then as always, we have the Amazon gift cards that range in denomination from 25 all the way up to $500. Now, how do you win? Good question. There's four ways that you can use to uh, actually be entered in the win. So the first and the most important is by subscribing. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, make sure you go in and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, go in and subscribe to the podcast as well. The second way is by simply commenting. So I don't even know what we're going to say yet, but I guarantee that there's going to be something, knowing the young man that I have in front of me right here, I know that there's going to be something that's going to empower you, that's going to help you take your business to the next level. So go ahead and comment, reciprocate, right? Share what you have learned here by going in and saying, hey, this is what I took away from this conversation and, and commenting. So that's the second way. The third way is by going in and just sharing. You can share this link, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the YouTube uh, video that you're watching. And then the fourth way is just by going in and making sure that you like this content as well. So you can go in and like other people's comments. You can like this video. You can like this podcast episode itself. And all four of those actions, each time you complete a new action, it will enter you in to win again and again and again. So with that said, Shanaw, it's been a while, man. We met uh, first up in in uh, Maryland, right? At the lunch. Yeah. It was what? December. Yep. In December. So it was pretty cool. So we were doing our Kindle Castle Live. You were one of the attendees there. Got to meet you. And um, ever since then, I've been watching what you've been doing online and seeing you in the Kindle Castle Facebook group. And we just had a, a moment to talk to now right before we started this interview and you kind of shared something that you're doing. I don't want to get into that right away. I want to make sure that we've got this cliffhanger because I want to, I want to keep, keep them on the edge so that they can find out how you're using Kindle publishing to generate clients. And now that's helping you to, um, pretty much generate sales in the amount of what was the amount that you said that you're at monthly with, with your, so monthly, just with the publishing side, about eight to ten thousand a month. So about eight to ten thousand dollars a month using Amazon Kindle publishing in a totally different way. So wait until you hear this. So let me ask you. So so what's your background like? Who is Chanel Grant? Where do you come from? Um, what 
industries or jobs have you had in the past? And then what makes Kindle Publishing attractive to you? Got it. So um, I'm kind of a, a hybrid, right? So my parents were born in Trinidad and Tobago. That's where I was born uh, when, in my first year of life. Then I moved to Brooklyn. I grew up my entire adolescence in Brooklyn, New York. And then from there, I would say my parents kidnapped me and dragged me down to Atlanta. And I've been in Atlanta since. Um, since I've been in Atlanta, then I had the opportunity to go to college. And in college, my first major was graphic design. My second major and second degree was web design and web development. And I was on that journey the entire time trying to figure things out because in school, they, you know, they, they teach you how to press buttons, but they don't teach you how to make money. They don't right. teach you how to how to really monetize what they're teaching. So I took the opportunity and I was running around going job to job, career to career. And I had multiple different titles, everything from creative director, art director, IT director, and it was never really fulfilling. So I decided to um, kind of step down and, and go on my own roughly about 10 years ago. Uh, and in that process, I started really diving into business models, business strategy, and just getting on that journey of searching. And through that, I actually picked up insurance licenses. I got a series six. So I, I completely went from design and I went analytical. And that's when it dawned on me that I was 50% analytical, 50% creative. And so in that, I said, okay, I need to start doing more strategy development, more growth strategy and teaching other people, other business owners, how they can take their business from, you know, 10,000 to 100,000, 100,000 to, to a million dollars. And I started going after that journey. In that process, I decided to write books. And as I was writing my first couple of books, I didn't know anything about publishing whatsoever. I was just doing it just because I said I was going to do it. So I published two books and, you know, they did OK, but I continued on that journey trying to find more information. And on that journey, I was, you know, doing 22 hour days and, you know, just being stressed out, trying to figure things out. And in, in that moment, then I pretty much had a stroke two years ago. And so I had a full recovery from the stroke. And when I woke up, I was like, OK, I'm working hard, but I need to work smarter. So now I went on the the journey to search for more information in a smarter way. And that's when I saw your, I think it was an episode with Onyx Sagal from Learn. And I'm like, okay, this guy's in, in my space. We think alike, like, like what's this, this Kindle publishing thing to, on this other level? And that's when I kind of dove into it, got my hands on the course and I kind of devoured it in that first two to three weeks that I had it. And I was just like, there it is. So you didn't waste any time, you got right into it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, I already had a Kindle account. I already had, but the little details, the little nuances that you guys were giving was like, it's like, oh, there it is. That's that one little missing piece. Oh, this is a little nugget. That's that one little piece. I didn't even know about, you know, Kindle Unlimited. So yeah. it was just those elements that you added that made my publishing, you know, grow overnight. You know, you said something that I think that 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 I can relate to because when I started to look at courses and go to seminars and conferences, initially I would I would I would get these courses or go to a seminar and think that I had to consume everything and understand and get from every single piece of that course. Whereas you just said, man, you've got this one piece or that 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 additional piece here. Do you find that that's beneficial to you? And and like instead of trying to make sure that every single element is a fit looking for that one piece or that, that second piece or that third piece that you can plug in and help take things to the next level i look at it you know kind of using the analogy i always say that this is just one slice of the pizza right so if you're going to have one slice of the pizza you're going to take small bites and you're going to consume it and you move to the next slice so for me i kind of look at everything i'm doing the same way i may have multiple slices going on at the same time right. but i'm taking small bites of each one of them and eventually the entire pie will be consumed and you, you, but you're putting them in place one at a time and before you get it, 
yeah, I want to I want to get a hold on it, but obviously I'll dive in, and I'm not I'm really big on okay, the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, you you've done it, you have people that have, have done it, so then I need just need to test it out myself. I need to test out the model. I need to kind of just get in there and get dirty with it. Really, is, is the way I approach it. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, so, so going back to what you said at the very beginning, you said that you found out that you were half creative, right? Fifty percent creative, fifty percent analytical. Mm-hmm. Where did you start? Was it were you more of a creative person or more of an analytical person? I mean, in Brooklyn, I grew up with a spray can in my hand and markers, so oh, I was 100% creative, right? So, so I, I was 100% creative. Like I said, I went to art school, and, right. and and once I got into art school, I was like, wow, this is I can do everything I, I I had in my mind now I can do on a screen. So I got consumed with the software, I got consumed with the concepts and art history and all those different things. But the monetization of it was kind of where the void was. Yeah, and and the reason why I wanted to talk about that is because. I find that there's there's a lot of people that may be creative individuals, but they have a hard time. I come from a music background, right? So I had an independent record label. Um, I had a couple of rap groups. I thought I, I thought I was gonna be the next Master P and No Limit, um, but that didn't work out. And what I found while being in that journey was that there's a lot of creative people that have a hard time with monetizing, have a hard time with the business side of things, mm-hmm. and making money from their creativity. How have you been able to, to turn that, that that side of you on, right? Because there's this left brain, right brain. And how, how, how have you been able to switch that to now you get both sides working and, and um, you get this thing working? Yeah, so I think one part of it was just my, who I am, not realizing that, that I was 50-50. And then once I got into the, the, the reality of, okay, creativity is really good, right. but you need to make a living at it. So then I started studying the principles of like who was making money doing what they love in the artistic space. And then I started going back into more like art history. It was like, okay, well, you know, Jackson Pollock, you know, he's, he's a great artist, but you know, he kind of, his career started later on in life, right? Um, you look at Basquiat. Basquiat was a high performing artist in his 20s and then he died. And I was like, okay, what's the, the reoccurring thing with all these different people that they found that their golden age was at a point to where the supply and demand was there and they supplied it and and then they filled in that void and they jumped in it so i was like okay so i could do the same thing i just need to find who i'm supplying so i started searching for clients that needed my services that couldn't execute what i was doing do do you find that now it's easier to do that because were you doing this initially living in brooklyn were you doing this hand to hand like one-on-one or were you using the internet to do it now nah, I mean I was in Brooklyn in the 90s so okay. literally my my career didn't really start until 2001 like literally when when the Twin Towers dropped is when my career started that's when I got my first degree gotcha okay got it got it what was the shift though did you have to did you say to yourself well I want to use technology more at that point mm-hmm. and start to instead of reaching the people that are just in this area, maybe even just confined to Brooklyn or just New York, did you say, I want to go international now? And, and where are your clients based out of? Are they just all over the place or are they more local? And they're all over now. I mean, to, to add to the Kindle stuff that I got from you guys, and I started getting into like the podcasting and through that Kindle model and the podcasting model, then I had an opportunity to start, you know, working on like courses that were more driven towards how do you market your podcast through Kindle publishing? Wow. 
So through that, by default, it became international. Like I think last week I was on a podcast that was in Australia. I had a conference call with somebody yesterday that was in UK and I was pretty much helping them do consulting. Okay. To kind of, so to, your, to answer your question, I'm a really big systems guy in automation. So even though I was highly creative, I was always looking for automation. Like, how can I put this on automatic? How can I set this up? How can I put three values in and get 200 results from it? And doing that long-term, right? So it's like, I look at it like uh, dollar cost averaging, right? So if you're investing in the stock market, instead of you manually going in and making trades or buying and selling every week or once a month, you're setting this up so that every single week you automatically go in and buy. Right. And depending on where you're at, you start to level up so that whether the market is up or down, you're still in a good space. Right. Um, there's a couple of more variables that are involved, but it makes it so much easier when you use that automation. So very cool. So now you get involved with Kindle publishing. You've got your podcast going. You've got a few other things going. How are you using Kindle publishing to actually attract clients? Like what's, what's that process look like? So, I mean, it's it's back to the proof is in the pudding. So. If I want to help somebody produce their book, then I have to produce my own books, right? And then I have to produce my own books pretty consistently. And that's what the Kindle Cashflow gave me. It gave me a system that I can create books as quick as in a couple of days or in a couple of weeks and turn and burn these books and then market that book, promote that book on my social media platforms, talk about that book on my podcast, put that book on like my, uh, my websites. And by default, that's just marketing. And inside the book, what I've learned from the Kindle side and just from what you guys were talking about and from my marketing background, well, this in one book, I could market like 25 different things. Right. There's, you know, in the, in the table of contents area, inside the copy, the back of the book. So that's what I started doing. I started interjecting all these different opportunities for people to opt in my list, for people to purchase another book, for people to find me online. Man, that is brilliant. So, and, and, and so I think people underestimate like the power of that. If you have this platform, you've got Amazon who has the visibility, right? They have hundreds of millions of people on a regular basis that are visiting their site. You now have this book and instead of just a single book, right? Doing it the way that you're doing it, you have multiple books that are now acting like tentacles and reaching out to different people. And now you've got ways for those individuals to contact you. So what does that journey look like? They, they go in, they'll grab your book. What, what are your books priced at? Are you pricing them at a higher price point or a lower price point? Or? So I, I'm taking like my base, I have two book series out right now and they're just self-help books and they're just on like really basic evergreen topics. So my price point is my first book is free. And then any other book after that is usually somewhere between the 199 and 2.99 for the Kindles and on the physical books, then, you know, usually like 12.99 for the physical books and audio books are, you know, priced as is. Gotcha. Gotcha. And is your end game to, to sell Kindle books or to get more clients in your business? Um, they're both. I mean, they're one the same. I mean, my end goal is, I mean, I got life left. So let's say if I, if I live another 50 years, then there's no reason why I can produce five, 10 books every single year for the rest of my life and then pass that legacy on to my kids. And then everything that I'm thinking in the process, I'm just delivering them in my books so that my journey is captured in an environment that's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. I actually just interviewed another Kindle Castro student, Linda Allen, who like myself, has been making money from Kindle publishing for the last 11 or 12 years. So as I was interviewing her, she said she published her first book maybe 11 years ago, and it was on the act, it was on um, 
the musician Jennifer Hudson, right? So her one of her books that she published was on the life of Jennifer Hudson, who at that time was really big. She says to this day, she still makes money off of that book and some of her other books that she's published. Mm -hmm. so it just shows the longevity of it, right? You put this intellectual property out there and you're planting these seeds and just like trees, they continue to grow and grow and grow. Now, you might not be here, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm saying you, you, I'm just saying the individual, right? 20, 30 years ago, but this, or, or from now, but the intellectual property is still here. It's still growing. Mm -hmm. Children or other people that you care about can benefit from it. So I think that's incredibly smart. Um, you know, one of the things that I used to talk about in the original Kindle Cashflow program is exactly what you're doing, is saying to the student, learn how to do this for yourself, but also learn how to do it and offer it as a service for other people. There's doctors, there's lawyers, there's dentists that are out there that know that having a book offers them additional credibility, right? It could be a book on, if you're, if you're a, a doctor, it could be a book on the 10 best ways to remain healthy using simple daily habits, something like that right now. That that adds even more credibility to you as a physician, but it also can be used as a calling card to help attract more clients. So I, I, I love the fact that you're doing this. So now someone buys your book, right? What's the next step of the journey for them? They buy your book, they reach out to you, they say, hey, Chanel, I wanna enlist in your services or I wanna become a client. What does that, that next step look like? So the next step is uh, back to automation again, right? So I have forms online that take intake, right? So I have a form that really goes into their business model, talks them about their value propositions, talks about their unfair advantages, their customer segments, who's their target audience. So before I even get on a conference call with them, I can have a scope of where they are and, and what they're doing. And I can have a complete vision of their work. And then I can say, here, here's how we can improve. And then we can kind of talk about how can we work together. Right, right. Man, I could see something like this being used in so many different areas, right? Like coaches. I mean, the guy who has a small painting business, right, can have a book that offers seven steps on choosing the painter, right? Or seven steps on choosing colors that's going to highlight your house or highlight your workspace. And then driving that individual to an application where they fill out what their needs are, what their wants are, and then you calling them up and saying, hey, I can give you exactly this. I see that you, you wanna add more warmth to your office. Here's what I suggest, boom, 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 boom. And now it's so much easier for that person to become a client. Yep. So now, so, so what are some of the services that you offer um, for anyone that's involved, they might be involved in Kindle publishing, right? They're looking for ideas. And I don't want you to give away your exact services, but what, what are some ideas that people can 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 use to make available to uh, potential clients that might be interested in what they have? So you're talking about somebody that say they took the Kindle class and they are creating books for themselves, but they want opportunity to market that they can help other people with their books. Yeah, I, yeah. I would definitely system, make it into a system, right? So like you said, a 10 step, right? So we, Kindle obviously is more steps than 10, but take 10 steps of that and document that something that you know how to do really really well and then use that as the lead magnet essentially so one of those services could easily be um, setting up a kdp account most people are kind of timid they don't understand amazon another big thing is setting up author central and, and like people don't realize the marketing capabilities of Arthur Central is like a monster in itself. So that's that's two separate things that you can just say, hey, I can help you set up your KDP. I know how to pick your categories. I know how to pick your keywords. 
and then in a super simple to do, right? Like both super simple. Super simple to do. Exactly. They're super simple to do, but you know, just the research that goes into it. A lot of people, they'll hit that first hurdle when they're trying to do the research. They're trying to figure out the category. They're trying to figure out the keywords and just like the little inside tips of, you know, contacting Amazon to have them to do other things on the phone. When you have them on the phone, it's just the added on benefits of knowing this firsthand and being able to charge somebody to help them do it. So how does somebody get past the, the, the intimidation factor, right? We just talked about setting up their KDP account is super simple. As a matter of fact, uh, my daughter, uh, Summer, I, I think you might have met her at the event. I'm not yeah, sure. yep. Okay, because uh, I know she came in and they, and they left really quickly. She's 13 and she's able to do that, right? So just being able to go in and sit down and understand and follow the process, she was able to set up her account in a couple of minutes, right? Um, but not technically her account, but an account that she would be using right, under my wife's name. So something like that, that might seem intimidating to the person that says, well, you know, Chanel, you can do it. You're this technical wizard, right? You're this mm -hmm. creative guy. How do they get past that? How do they get past the fear of, of just jumping in and starting? What, what, what advice do you have for that person? So usually what, what I'll do is I'll include that in like a 30 minute session. And in that 30 minute session, I'll do a Zoom call and I'll record that video and I'll walk them through step by step because obviously they'll have some more inside information about their account than I wouldn't know. I can tell them where to plug things in, but they're gonna have to help me fill in the blanks. So recording it and then submitting that video to them so that way later on they can rewatch that video and understand why we was doing what we were doing. Very cool, very cool. I was actually helping out Les Brown and his uh, the motivational speaker, Les Brown and his family with, with a few things online and using that exact same process, right? So. Um, recording the process of what we did, recording the conversation, recording the on-screen movements, and now giving them that video so that they can refer back to it at any time. Mm -hmm. right. So now, going back to Author Central, um, how, how have you used it to your advantage in your business, uh, not only your Kindle publishing business, but other businesses as well? So the, the biggest thing, and this is one of the things that, that, um, that I did on a presentation at PodFest recently, is that people don't realize that an RSS feed could be pretty much anything, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be your blog. And that particular platform receives RSS feeds. So I was like, okay, if you have a podcast, that's an RSS feed. You have a YouTube channel, that's an RSS feed. And that all those RSS feeds you can put into the central and it'll automatically update on the fly for you. So you're building a whole nother platform systematically without doing anything. Look at that. And now you're getting even more, you've got more tentacles, right? That are in there. So, so if you didn't, if you didn't get what he just said to you right now, I think that you should rewind this for at least, you know, three or four times, go back and rewind it three or four times, because this, just in what he just said, using Author Central to make sure that you've got your YouTube channel, you've got your podcast, even your blog or any other properties attached to it and being able to, uh, number one, associate yourself with Amazon in that way. And number two, be able to get that traffic, siphon that traffic off to your other properties is super powerful in that. So, so what else are you using uh, Author Central for? So another thing that I, I figured out is that if you're a publisher in the section, when you're putting a book on Kindle, they actually, who's the publisher? And it is, it's this option. I always say, anytime you see anything optional inside of Amazon, do your research and fill in the blank because that optional thing, there is something to do with the algorithm somewhere. So I started putting in the optional publisher section for my, my company, my publishing company. And I started realizing if someone searched for that publishing company on Amazon, then it pulls up 
all the books that were ever published by that one company. So that's right. a whole nother marketing affiliation through the books that we're publishing and our own books that we're publishing for ourselves as well. Yeah, and how many people do that, right? So that gives you another advantage. Meaning, normally when people are searching on Amazon, they're gonna search for maybe the book title if they know about it. Um, they're gonna search for the author name, right? That's usually the most common. But then if you have these real fans, like people that are really entrenched in what it is that you're doing, they know your publishing company's name, right? They wanna find out what else it is that's published under your brand. So that's another sector of people that are gonna go in and search in a different way. So you're catching people that are searching in multiple different ways and that's one additional um, way to just get it, eyeballs on what you're doing there. So very, very cool. So what's next? What's, what's next for you right now? Um, as it relates to Kindle publishing. So next for me is because I'm really big into Kindle publishing and I'm really big into podcasting, I want to put together a course and that's what I've been working on. And I did, you know, I did a soft course a couple of weeks ago and it was just more so an online presentation for about 30 minutes. And I was like looking back at it and all the reviews and all the feedback that I got, I was like, it's a no brainer. I can take the information that I put on this course, flush it out a little bit more and then present a course on how to use publishing and podcasting as a system. Yeah, man, you know, back when I first got started with Kindle publishing, before I got started, I was selling through Amazon's Advantage program. Mm -hmm. I actually sold a lot of courses directly through Amazon. So I sold them uh, courses on how to start a record label, how to get radio play. And these were just courses uh, in a physical sense, right? So they had CDs and DVDs and they had books like this that were part of a course and they would come in this clamshell package and Amazon would order 25 or 50 of them from me. This is a course I was selling for like 200, 300, 400, $500 at that time. But I would ship, uh, you know, 20 of them or 25 of them or so to Amazon and they would fulfill the orders. Now you could do the same exact thing, right? So you could go in and have your entire course. You can price it at whatever it is that you want. You don't have to stick to, you know, the traditional prices of a $9.99, but $12.99 and see what happens. I think it'd be really interesting to, to, to have an entire course on Amazon that's priced a little bit higher and that you can use to your advantage, meaning you can use Amazon's systems to your advantage to get visibility for that course. How, how you plan on selling your course that you got to put together? So I'm planning on doing multiple different things, right? So, I mean, obviously there's platforms online that I can sell it. I'm planning on running it through a funnel to kind of, you know, put traffic to it. Um, in addition to that, I mean, taking small sections of it and putting it out there on my website, putting it out there on Facebook, just kind of like um, baiting people to kind of give them general information for free, build up their trust, and then convert after that. And lead them back to your, your funnel, your site. Very cool, very cool. Segments of it, you know, I see Sam Ovens does that as well. What he'll do is he'll take a segment of his course and he'll load an entire segment to YouTube in the form of a YouTube video. And now the content is so good, right? You wanna, one of the natural things about us as humans is we wanna complete things. So now you get to watch this segment of his course, but you don't have the course. So now, right, we say, well, where do I get the rest of it? There's links and, and there's a call to action and everything else that sends you back to the rest of his course. So I think that's brilliant. So how did you get into podcasting? What, what, what did that look like for you initially? So I literally started my podcast February of this year. And okay. that, was, that was following right after I started Kindle in December of the year before. And I just realized that both of them are, they're, they're in common 
commonality. So the podcast for me was more so my target demographic is small business owners. My database and my like my email list is 100% small business owners. And I'm just thinking about how can I get media in front of them in addition to the Kindle books? It's like, well, I could easily, I could interview everybody in my phone phone book. Yeah, easy. So I just, easy sell. So are you promoting those two? Like your podcast? Are you are you are you promoting your Kindle books on your podcast? And are you promoting your podcast in your Kindle books? That's that's the beauty of automation. So in, in my podcast, in the end of the podcast, I have an audio snippet that says, you know, guests of the show could get free access to this particular series and this book, go to this address, and I'm tracking that URL to see what those conversions are. And then in the book, in my table of contents, like near the bottom, I have podcasts as part of my bonus material. And in the back of the book, I'd have an overview of the podcast and a link directly to the podcast. So they're both talking to each other. Very smart, very smart. And it's something that's super easy to do. You set it up one time, right? Like in this case, you've got your book links in there. You set that up one time and boom. Everyone that goes in and downloads that book or reads that book, they have an opportunity to visit your podcast now and vice versa. So you said that you're tracking the traffic. Are you saying where you're getting a high level or, or I should say a more quality visitor to your books that come from your podcast? Um, it's, it's, it's 50-50 because I mean, I'm doing cross marketing on everything, but I, I like to use trackable URLs so I can kind of see at a glance which one of these links had the most clicks. And then right. I can kind of backtrack and say, if I got like a thousand clicks from this one link, I'm like, okay, where is this one at? And let me put more efforts into this platform. Let me do more of that, right? Yeah. right. Let, me, let me push it out more. All right, so cool. So now you got started, you said, with Kindle Publishing uh, early this year. You're now at a, at a point where you've got this business up uh, and you're using Kindle Publishing to generate leads for your publishing business, which is now making about eight to $10,000 a month which is really, really cool. You've got your podcast up, you've got some other things that are in the works. And folks, if you're listening right now, and if you don't have a Kindle Cashflow system, make sure you visit kindlecashflow.com forward slash three steps to go in and watch a free three-part video that gives you the, the, the basics on how you can get started. We talk about how do you go in and do your market research. We talk about how do you go in and get your content created. And then we talk about how do you go in and upload it so that you can start generating sales. So now, so now I've got you here. Um, how many words are your books right now? H how often are you publishing a book? So how many words and how often are you publishing uh, a book? So taking based upon what I learned in, in the model before I was trying to publish 30,000, now I'm down to about 10 to 12,000 yep. for not nonfiction and it just it's smaller bites i'm taking bigger concepts and i'm breaking them down to smaller pieces and i'm, and I'm trying to not leave them with cliffhangers but lead them into the next book at the end of every book gotcha gotcha very cool so now you've got these smaller books 10,000 12,000 uh, instead of 30,000 words and that gives you more pieces of content that can go out there and work the, as little soldiers for you so really cool so so I want to make this, this interview as valuable as possible for the person that's listening or that's watching right now. What's your process like for publishing a new book? So how do you come up with an idea? How do you make that idea a reality by getting your book uh, created? Like, how do you, do you go in and write yourself? Do you use ghostwriters? Um, and then what do you do once you've got your book completed? Got it. So I, I do a hybrid between what I've learned in Kindle and kind of what I, I've done before. So I took the books that I had before, 
and I took each one of those chapters and then I go online and I try to find books on those topics. Right. And then I, and I look at the, like, what's the top sellers? I, I read their, you know, table of contents to look inside and I try to figure out, okay, this is a good outline for me to take my book to the next level. And then once I kind of have the outline set and then, and then what I'll do is I'll literally go into a Google doc and per chapter, I'll say, Hey, I want a thousand words here, 2000 words here. I want at the end of every chapter to have some, you know, Q and a, or, um, step and repeat follow-up questions at the end of the chapter. And then I'll make this entire guide and then I'll submit that guide to a ghostwriter to fill in the blanks. Very cool. So you, you literally structuring chapter by chapter, and then you've got like this follow-up, which I, I can imagine helps with retention as well, right? And understanding. So now you've got these questions at the end that they can go in and answer that helps them to better understand what they've just read. So very cool. So you're hiring a ghostwriter. How much are you paying for a book? You've got these 10,000, 12,000 word books. What what are you what are you paying a ghostwriter to write that? I think my ghostwriter is probably like $100, somewhere in there. Oh, that's it. That's very cool. You, you see, for most people, like that is one of the biggest obstacles to get past too, mentally. One of the questions I'll get all the time is, why would someone write a book for you and you just pay them 125, 150, in your case, 100 bucks or whatever it may be, and not do that for themselves? What was that ever like? A roadblock for you just thinking in that way like why would i why would someone do this you know and not do it for themselves i mean yeah i mean coming from the creative background you always have the mentality of pressing the buttons yourself so my first two books i i, I wrote them 100 percent myself and did the editing with, with an editor and, and it took like six months <laughs> and i was pulling my hair out and now it's kind of like i could literally do a book every two weeks if, if i choose to do a book every two weeks so it's very it's a lot easier having the system in place how do you get past that though? Especially being a creative person. That's that's always interesting. So you, you probably thought I could do it better, right? Because you are that creative person. You have the knowledge, you have the interest. How did you get past that and just get started? For me, it was time management. So realizing that, you know, looking at, well, I can do all the work myself where I can work off the efforts of everyone else, right? Going back to that principle of 1% of everybody else. So I was like, okay, if I have five writers, then potentially I can write five books and it gives me free time to do other things that I want to do. And then when the books come in, I can review it. I can review it or I can send it to a copy editor. And that gives me more time because now I'm not reviewing it. The only thing I need to do is final the final read of the book and then hit submit. And then you're good to go. Yep. So, so, so very important. I think that right there alone in itself is um, just understanding that if you can learn to leverage other people's time, not only their time, but also their smarts, right? Their interests, what they're better at you, um, what they're better than you at doing. And and for that, that's something that holds like a lot of creative people as well as, as well as entrepreneurs back because with the entrepreneur, you're always thinking, well, this person's not going to do it as well as I could do it. Or, you know, this is something that I want to do. As an entrepreneur, you always think that you have to do it, which ends up uh, causing you to never get anything done, right? So my, my school of thought is, listen, I prefer to outsource it to someone else and have it 70 or 80% right then never get it done. And it always be on my to-do list where I think I'm gonna get it 100% right. But two years, three years from now, it's still not done. Um, so very cool that you're using that. 
So now you've got these digital uh, assets. You have this digital real estate, right? That makes you money 24-7 on the Kindle side. And that also brings you new clients in on your publishing business side, right? This intellectual property that you own. How does that make you feel? Because like, like myself and like many others that are watching this, that probably wasn't something that you were taught as a kid, right? We were not taught to own the digital property, to own intellectual property. Um, so how does that, how does that make you feel knowing that this is even possible? I mean, I think it's definitely a life-changing situation when you have an opportunity to create content, much like real estate, and pass it on from generation to generation. And as long as it's maintained, and the, re the only thing you really do to, to maintain it is just log into your accounts and kind of check and make sure that everything is going as it should. But understanding that principle, to me, it's, it's nothing else better than that. I mean, what, what, looking at working a nine to five versus having an opportunity to have all these little nuggets of online content that's creating value and by return you're getting monetary gains it's a win-win situation yeah it's, it's a no-brainer and each one is its own little income stream right you, you just mentioned going from uh, a 30 word book or 30 word 30,000 word book to multiple 10 and 12,000 word books each of those becoming a new revenue stream there um and, you know, maintaining it. That's that's one of the keys to longevity is going in and looking at the content that you have, whether it's published on Amazon or any of the other platforms, looking at the reviews over time and saying, well, how can I go in and tweak this? And I think that's the beautiful thing about uh, digital property like this is you can go in and you can change it up at any time, right? You can, you can always go in and change it up as long as you're willing to, to maintain it and stay on top of it. So now, um, I want to put you on the spot. Okay. Give, give the viewer, the listener right now, one secret tip as relates to what you're doing with Kindle Publishing that other people may not be doing. Hmm. One secret tip that you're doing as it relates to Kindle Publishing that other people may not be doing. And I ask this question because every, every time I interview someone, what I find is that they'll take the course and everyone puts their own spin on it, which I think is a beautiful thing, right? They'll, they'll take the course, they'll follow it, but then they add this one or two different uh, little element to it that, that makes it their own. So what are, what are you doing? So that's, a, that's a twofold question. So on my client side, it gives me an opportunity to, to have case studies. And I don't think people re really realize that case studies are very powerful, right? It's word of mouth. So I'm giving an opportunity to say, hey, I've helped this person publish their book. They're at $1,000 per month. They're a number one top seller. I can help you do the same thing. So yeah. that's, that's just the space that I'm in as far as my business, right? On my own individual books, uh, the key to that is I, because I'm into podcasting, what I've just dawned on is the reality that now I can take my podcast episodes, get those transcribed, and, and I have unlimited books. That's yeah, unlimited content, unlimited books. And I think that most people don't realize it's just if you speak into a microphone and you record it, if you don't want somebody to write your content, you could just record it, transcribe it, and you have books all day, all night. I mean, every like this, for example, this episode that you and I are doing right now is 42 minutes. This is going to be about transcribed, probably about 15,000, 20,000 words. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. And that, that's an amazing tip right there, folks. There's so many people who are looking to get started and, you know, the objection could be, well, I can't afford to hire a ghostwriter right now. Or I don't know, you know, how to get started with hiring a ghostwriter. This tool right here 
and it's not a cell phone, it's a tool because you can do so much more with this thing. You go in, you hit record, you while well, you download an app, you hit record and you start talking. Or you find someone like Chanel, you find someone that's in the Facebook group who has uh, this area of expertise, whether they're a real estate agent, whether they're a construction manager, a restaurant manager, and you say, hey, I wanna interview you. Can you get on the phone with me and let's, let's talk for 45 minutes or so? And there's your content. That's your first piece of content right there. And then you continue to build that out. So I think that's brilliant. You know, one of the things that, that I do is, so I have a podcast uh, channel and then we have a YouTube channel as well. So I'll take content from the YouTube channel. I'll strip the audio from it. So this, this interview that we're doing right now, the audio will be stripped from this and that's used for my podcast and vice versa. So if I'm ever doing a podcast, sometimes I'll do a podcast where I'm just giving tips or I might interview any someone. We'll strip the audio from the podcast and now we'll add a screen to that and then upload it to the YouTube channel. So now you've got content coming in multiple ways. Um, the other thing that you can do is you go in, you have that transcribed, as you said, and now you've got blog posts, right? You've got uh, book content for Amazon. So there's so many different ways that you can, you can repurpose the content that you have depending on where you're starting at so very cool very cool so if you're listening not only did he give you one amazing way to go in and take kindle publishing to the next level but he also gave you an additional way so now what, what's next for you what what do you see um in the future for yourself so the future for myself is is, is hitting my goals so uh, as far as the passive revenue goal streams that, that i have up and it goes back to you know things that you've been teaching us in general was like breaking it down to to the second to the minute to the to the hour and just comparing all my different revenue streams to see where i'm at every single day every single month every single week and, and just get to that end product that i'm going for which at this point right now is three million annually. Cool. so three million a year yep That's yeah man, i gotta tell you that that is it is very, very possible. Looking at my younger self, right? If I had to go in and talk to a 20, 21 or 20 year old Ty who had this goal of becoming a millionaire by the time he was 30, and it looked like such a huge goal, right? This huge thing, I would have said exactly what you just said, and that is breaking it down, right? If you want to make a million a year, how much does that turn into a month? And then how much does that mean you have to make a week? And then how much does that mean you have to make a day? And then per hour, and then per minute. And then you look at what are the different things that you can do without getting, you know, too unfocused. What are the different things that you can do to help contribute to that? Um, so I think that 3 million for you is super, super easy to do. Um, and within reach. So it'd be interesting to see where you're at a year from now and bring you back on the show and, and, and kind of do a look back. So let me ask you a question. What was your reason for getting started with, with Kinder Castro system to begin with? Like what made you say, okay, well, this is the system right here. This is the one that I want to go with. I think with that interview with you and Onik and just, you know, I've been following Onik for at least, you know, up at this point, probably two and a half years. So just seeing him build that entrepreneur space. And then you came in one day and you're just sitting down and you were just cool and collective. And then you just mentioned Kindle. And I was like, okay, I understand what Kindle is. And then you were just talking about how could you take a 10,000 word book and create passive income from it? 
that's all I needed to hear was that moment right then and there. That's what did it for me. Passive income, that's it. I think that does it for a lot of people. Again, it's something, it's a totally new concept. Well, I, I don't even think that it's a new concept for us. We've heard of it before, right? But now understanding how we can put it in place and having this platform, and there's so many other platforms, right, out there that you can use to generate passive income. YouTube is a platform. You go in and you create YouTube content, right? Um, some of the podcasting platforms that are out there can allow you to create passive recurring income if you're doing it in the right sense. So I think the biggest thing is just getting over that intimidation factor. So what would you say to the person that's watching or listening to this right now and they don't have the confidence or they're intimidated by uh, the whole idea of, of getting involved with creating their own passive income streams? Um, they don't have the confidence. They don't believe that they can do this. What would you say to that individual? I think it's one of those situations where you just have to kind of face fear and and pause for a minute and realize that that's just a chemical reaction in your body. And much like when you're happy and you're excited, it's the same exact thing. So once you understand the principles behind that, you can stop yourself, catch yourself, and then continue to move forward. And you're gonna the hurdles are gonna come no matter what you're doing. But with your course, it makes it easy enough that they have step by step procedures. And then we know with Marty and Josh behind the scenes, it just makes it even easier to reach out and communicate with them to get over the next hurdles. And then as you keep hitting these hurdles and you keep overcoming the hurdles, then the fear factor gets smaller and smaller until the fear is completely behind you and you didn't even remember that it existed. Yeah, yeah, very well said. You know, fear is one of the only emotions that is only projected as it relates to the future, right? So we're only fearful of things that we are about to do. And most, we're never fearful of something that we've done in the past or when we're in the moment. Like it's, it's, think about it, you're walking, let's say you're walking up to a bridge and you're about to parachute off, you're about to parachute off of that bridge, right? You may be extremely fearful up until you get to that point. You're fearful of jumping off the bridge. And then when you jump, then you're fearful of actually landing. Right, so we're, we're always fearful of what is to come in the future. So just recognizing that and realizing that, hey, this is the fear, I'm gonna embrace it, I'm gonna get past it anyway and, and get moving is, is how you get to that place that you wanna be. Um, so Chanel, I understand that you're a super busy guy, man. I appreciate your time. And um, I'm actually gonna be on Chanel's podcast, folks. So make sure that you tune in to his podcast as well. And follow him everywhere that you can. So now, where can they listen in on your podcast if they're interested in, in hearing more about business and business development, attracting clients and things of that nature? Yeah, so the podcast is Boss Uncaged, and you can find that on literally every platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple, or you could just type in podcast.bossuncaged.com. Okay, so podcast.bossuncaged.com. Yep. Gotcha, very cool. Um, social media, where can they find you on social media? So my handle across the board on all social media platforms is the at sign S-A-G-R-A-N-T 360.com. That's S-A-Grant 360. Hey, listen, if you were watching this, I highly recommend that you go in and follow Chanel in as many places as possible. This is someone that is extremely brilliant. Some of the things that he's doing is amazing. And just being able to piggyback off of his knowledge and his intelligence will take you to the next level, regardless of what you're looking to do. And remember, if you're watching or listening to this, be sure to visit KindleCastro.com to get a free copy of the Kindle Publishing Secrets book, as well as to watch the free Kindle Castro webinar that will teach you the three steps to get started with Kindle Publishing. And Chanel, with that, 
I want to welcome you for being a, I want to thank you for being a guest. Actually, welcome. I'm trying to start this thing all over again. I want to thank you for being a guest. This is incredible, man. Um, you know, guys, I'm always in the Facebook group looking for new students, looking for new members to interview. And I actually put up a post yesterday. I put up a post last night. It probably was about seven or eight o'clock last night. And I said, hey guys, I'm looking for new students to interview this week, right? And I immediately got maybe about five or six people that reached out, including Chanel, who said, let's do it as soon as possible. And I'm like, okay, well, we could do it, uh, you know, whatever day this week that works for you. And, and normally people will say, well, how about we do it next week? You know, we'll do it next week, Tuesday, or we'll do it next week, Wednesday. Chanel said, let's do it tomorrow at 9 a.m. in the morning. So he understands the principles of money, love, speed, right? The quicker you act on something, instead of overthinking it, the quicker you start to see results. And this is the result of this uh, podcast episode, this YouTube interview here is because just a few hours ago, actually less than 12 hours ago, he took action. He said, let's do it. So man, I appreciate you. This has been a great interview. We got to get you back in about six months to see where you're at now. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say. I'm always watching you. I'm kind of lurking behind the scenes. You don't even realize how, how I'm watching you behind the scenes. So um, keep it up, man. I appreciate you, brother. Definitely. I appreciate it, Todd, man. Thanks again.